0: Warning, friends. We are faced with either socialism or barbarism, utopia or oblivion. If we do not do the impossible, we shall be faced with the unthinkable.
1: Hey, how's it going?
0: Oh, I'm doing okay. I'm doing well. Yeah, I'm doing, I'm doing great. There's, I got nothing on my mind. Nothing's <laughs> bugging me. No? Completely zen morning you're having? Yeah, no. Actually, Aaron's <laughs> been watching me fight on the internet for a while. <laughs>
1: and I'm kind I, of embarrassed. I, th- I think way. you started about an hour ago.
0: Yeah, that's, that's possible. Yeah. That is possible. <laughs> it's just so stupid. It's such a stupid fight, but it's kind of... Well, it doesn't, let's not tell the audience
1: anything about it. it just. It, yeah, I think no, it's funnier it's... to tease it.
0: Yeah, I'm just... You ever been like in a discussion where you know that there's no way to, there's no way out and there's no, there's no winning. There's no, <laughs> and there's no, there's no middle ground to be found. There's nothing. But at the same time, it's like they're really digging their fingernails into your skin. And you're like, Oh man, I need to defend myself. <laughs> like, Holy fuck. You can't say that about me. You're just being so disrespectful. And like, just projecting so much shit onto me it's just not fair it's like i need and i but there's you can't claw your way out and you're like no matter what i do i'm just digging this hole deeper by 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 participating but at the same time it's like you don't get away with that you don't get away (laughs) with that you can't treat (laughs) people that that's when you
1: bring in your (laughs) Third-party uh, <laughs> sock accounts. You know, they get they pop up. Ooh, friend request. Who's this? Mm-hmm. Seems like a nice person. And then all of a sudden, that person jumps on. It's like, hey, this other uh, this Sean's I really totally right agree about. I Sean. Yeah, yeah, Sean's so right. I think what Sean's
0: trying to say here,
1: <laughs> <laughs> and the way that you should agree with Sean is that this.
0: Hmm.
1: No, I'm just kidding. That's wrong. Don't do that. And everyone, it's entirely dishonest. Well, I would it's, never.
0: It's- It's like an ideological discussion that's that's been brought into this personal dimension where it's not just my ideas that are on the line, but it's like whether or not I'm a good person. Well, you're a bad person because of your ideas. But not even that. It's like, okay, here's just a question. And I'll I'll end it on this note. Here's a question. Do you have to ask permission in public to private message someone? Or... (laughs) Uh, is, is private messaging someone a disrespectful and rude violation of their boundaries? Did did they tell you to stop at any point? <laughs> <laughs> they didn't say stop private messaging me. It was like four days ago. We were having a specific oh, discussion. I didn't realize it
1: was four days ago. I thought that was today. Also, No, no, wait, but
0: I'm not used to whatever social norms this person's used to. And I'm still a good person. Welcome to the show, everyone. <laughs> Welcome to the show. <laughs>
1: Someone please tell me what to think.
0: Someone please tell me what to think. Someone please tell me what to think.
1: What to think. Alright everyone, yeah, uh, welcome to the show. This is a what to think episode, means we're gonna do some news later, but I've always kind of hated police and every time I see them I'm scared I'm not so much anymore but a lot of the time when I was younger like it just is fear jump in my heart and like I guess it was probably because I had marijuana on me a lot but um <laughs> I don't know if that's a good way to intro this segment I just like there's a lot wrong with policing racial disparities in shootings and in enforcement and basically the idea that police are there to be protectors of the status quo and not there to be leftist radicals who are uh, changing the system for the better, like that's kind of part of their job and what they're doing. Um, and all of these things I see talked about on the internet in leftist circles and they're true and important to talk about. I just have been getting annoyed at what I'm seeing as like the possibility that we are going to lose the war of words on this conversation about police by not acknowledging that they also do things that we need done in society, things that are like really helpful and necessary. And the, the one example I keep bringing up or I've brought up before because it's just from my own life was like last year, like I work at a hotel and this guy checked in. He was really drunk. Uh, white guy went up to his room, kept drinking a whole lot more. By like 11 a.m., he was so drunk that he was wandering the hallways. So the assistant manager of my hotel went up there to tell him like, hey, can you please you know, go be drunk in your room that you paid for? And he started yelling at him, yelling racial slurs at him, assistant managers, uh, parents from China. And so then he called me up there and then we were just both like standing there listening to him be drunk and aggressive and berate the assistant manager uh, while we waited for the police to show up. And then the police did show up and they took him and put them in their car and drove away with him, which was like a huge relief uh, for us because I don't, I don't want to physically force this man into the room. I don't want to force him out of the, like, I don't, I'm, I'm not a person who is good at physically forcing other men to do things. <laughs> it's not my, it's not my, um, it's it's not what I'm good at. So, uh, That time, the police were... Yeah, in that specific instance, they did something that we need them to do. And they they do things like that fairly often. Like, (laughs) I understand a lot of what they do is just, like, traffic ticketing people, which is something I guess they need for money that I'm kind of, like, not that big of a fan of. And there's so many things police do that I'm not that big of a fan of. And I hate having to be this person in the conversation. But at the same time, I'm like, well, they also, like, you know... (laughs) Women who have restraining orders against abusive ex husbands or ex partners or current husbands, they enforce those things and protect those women. They're, they're like they're, you can point to endless examples of things that they're doing that we need them to be doing. And when you say all that they are is a, a racist institution meant to protect rich people, like that's that's part of what they are, but it's not it's not the only thing that <laughs> that they're doing. <laughs>
0: I think one of the things that really worries me about this subject, because, I mean, obviously it's complex and then there's a bunch of really, really important points to make about what's wrong with the police on a systemic level and how they often fail. They often fail to, for example, protect women from their abusive husbands and, and things like that. And that criticism is needed. But what I'm really concerned about is that in leftist circles, especially far left circles, there's the, the echo chamber effect where by not acknowledging and not being open to talking about what it is, what, what do average everyday people see in police officers that they don't, there isn't an overwhelming call for just police to be abolished right away. And like, and what those people think matters, even if they happen to be wrong. And that maybe in, in some cases they, they, if they saw some of the evidence and the statistics, they'd be like, wow, we, we've got a serious problem. We need to fix the police in these ways. But understanding What those people see when they see the police, when they see officer friendly, it's important because we don't want to be radicalizing ourselves in such a way where we're alienating ourselves from the working class and we're alienating ourselves from other poor people who we need to be on our side. Those people are our path to victory, our path to creating a better world. But at the same time obviously I think that we should consider what it's like to be a, a poor black youth looking at the police officer in a bad neighborhood and maybe maybe he does have weed in his pocket and and that's why he's afraid or maybe he's just knows that uh he's going to be unfairly searched whether or not he has weed or, or like various things like that and that needs to be brought to the table too and I'm glad that it is at the table prominently but I also we just me and Aaron we had a fun little <laughs> private conversation about how much we both hated this one meme about cops because <laughs> we didn't think it was productive. Oh it, yeah.
1: Oh, and yeah, one of the main points of that meme that I I forgot in trying to explain my problem with this issue was that it, <laughs> there, there's the um, acronym ACAB, A-C-A-B, all cops are bastards. And this was a meme detailing how to not be a bastard if you're a cop. And the number one thing to do was quit your job and just how, counterproductive it is for us to be <laughs> encouraging all conscientious people to quit the police force. Like the police force is being too racist, is targeting black people and other racial minorities, like native people in Canada especially, too harshly, too much. There's there's disparities in, in their enforcement. So how should we fix this? Well, yes, we should abolish the police and create other systems to do the things that are necessary that police do. Police aren't necessary. We can we can have community patrols and other things to replace them to do the things that are good and just abolish the institution entirely. Okay. Yes. Good. That's one answer. It's not an answer that is likely to take off politically and happen in the next few years, at the least, let's say. So So, because that answer isn't likely to take off and happen in the next few years, let's think about productive, pragmatic uh, possibilities to make the institution less bad and encouraging all people who are concerned about racism in the police force to quit the police force just leaves a police force full of people who are unconcerned about racism in the police (laughs) force. So that's just objectively worse. It is objectively worse to have a police force full of people unconcerned about racism rather than also including people who are concerned about racism and want to change how the police force is working. Like the only argument I can think of against that is the accelerationist argument of, yes, all the good people should quit the police force because then it will be... Only as bad as we all say it is, and therefore people will see.
0: It's more clearly for what it actually is. As and long as we keep muddling it up with all these good people getting into this oppressive institution, you're confusing whether or not this is a purely good or purely bad thing. And the people can't—we don't know whether or not to abolish it now. You confused us. <laughs> right. We were all lining up to abolish the racist institution, <laughs> and then you put some good guys in there, and now it's like, oh well, those good guys—I don't know—maybe they got a point. Maybe they're making it better. But I mean, if
1: if people were lining up to abolish the institution, if this was anything more than an extremely extremely fringe idea. Like maybe I would even be on board with that, but like, I don't have any numbers, but I imagine if you, if you polled the American or Canadian publics about who supports abolishing the police force and completely replacing it with something different, I imagine the number is tiny. Like I'm going to guess it's under 1%. Like it's, it's just, it's not, it's not happening anytime soon. And in the meantime, All of these negative things that the police are doing are continuing to happen. And I think the most important thing should be trying to address those issues with whatever levers we can pull that are available to us. The lever of abolishing the police force isn't available to us.
0: It's available to us in science fiction. And if you write a really good science fiction story about that police-free world, you actually will probably help actualize it in the long term if that's your goal. But yelling at liberals who uh, support their local police will probably push the dial in the opposite direction a little bit. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I mean, like fighting the people who are saying, let's have uh, racial sensitivity training, who want better training on how to de-escalate conflicts without using weapons, uh, people who want to encourage members of minority communities to join Police forces. Like, I saw a piece on, I think, Vice about that recently. That there's a big push, I think it was in Chicago, to get more members of black communities on the police force in their own communities and push back against that. The pushback being you are selling out to the, so like, like, if you want to change McDonald's, don't just get a job at a McDonald's and try to change the corporate structure from within. Like, that's the joke of how pointless this is but it but it's actually not pointless because changing the central structure of McDonald's from a job as a fry cook is yes ridiculous if you moved up the whole chain of mcdonald's and got into corporate like you maybe could but (laughs) But, even that's kind of ridiculous but but the situation with police is entirely different cooks
0: aren't making life or death decisions on the job they don't carry guns they don't (laughs) the, the the people shooting unarmed
1: black people at disproportionate rates in america Aren't the policymakers of of the police forces? It's it's the individual cops. So yes, changing who the individual cops are is. Going to make a difference, and it is it is better.
0: But also, I, I just want to we I want to present the overall view that cops are bad because I've got some pretty compelling data towards that. A, a Department of Justice study found that eighty four percent of police officers report they've seen colleagues use excessive force on civilians, and sixty one percent admit that they don't always report even serious criminal violations that involve abuse of authority by fellow officers. Uh, and a 2012 study from California found that when officers were required to wear cameras recording all of their interactions, public complaints against officers went down 88 percent compared to the previous year and their use of force went down by 60 percent. So there's there's some data to show there that um, there is a systemic problem of police abusing their power uh, in the absence of accountability and that there is a a, a feeling within the police department um that you, when you see that abuse of power, you don't necessarily immediately report it. You know, there's dual loyalties at play, loyalties Mm. to your force, to the other people on your team, and then also to justice. Um, And what we really need with police officers is loyalty first to justice, second to the team, and then least to your fellow officers, even though, I mean, that sounds crazy (laughs) to say a little bit. But if your fellow officers are being abusive and violating their power... You shouldn't have any loyalty to them because your job is to serve justice. That's the the whole point. Yeah,
1: loyalty to them in as much as they are keeping with their loyalty to justice, to the first
0: principle. There's also a study that just came out uh, a couple days ago, I think, um, or at least this article in Business Insiders from a couple days ago, the difference between how officers and the public view police is staggering, It's the title of the article. 60% of the population in America believes that the fatal shootings of African-American men by officers indicates a systemic problem that needs to be addressed. How much of the police population thinks that's a systemic problem that needs to be addressed? Less than one third. Also, the differences between white officers and black officers is also kind of interesting. 92% of white officers say that the country has done all it can to ensure equal rights for African-Americans. 92% of white police officers surveyed said that America has done all it can to make sure that African-American people are equal in society. And... What percentage of African American police officers agree with their white friends, their white coworkers? Uh 40%. 29%. Oh, okay. And more than half of all officers <laughs> Oh man. More than half of officers believe that aggression is more effective than courtesy in certain neighborhoods and 44% believe that hard physical tactics are necessary to deal with some people.
1: Well, I mean, obviously, hard physical ta are necessary to deal with some people, like people who are being a <laughs> the, like that guy in the hallway in my hotel was it wasn't responding to words they yeah. they had to force him,
0: I guess yeah there's some definition wobble there because when I think of hard physical tactics with some people, I imagine just like going and being like super aggressive right yeah away. right off the bat,
1: yeah, no, that's that's not the point so so you know the the way to fix all these things sorry, uh, I just had a great idea. Like there's 92% of white police officers think that America's done everything it can to make black people equal. And 8% who don't think that. We need to get that 8% out of the police force. Those people need to quit. That 8% who think that America could do more to fight racism as yeah. leftists our, our our priority needs to be to get those eight percent of people to quit and repent for what they've done for being part of the police force that's
0: that's, that's really uh where our priority needs to be uh, well I think I mean to be fair to be fair to the meme makers of the world making these um frankly not the best anti cop memes that I find annoying. <laughs> I don't think many police officers are influenced by far leftist memes. And no <laughs> oh, yeah dev- definitely definitely. Um another thing about this study that recently came out, it also found big a big disparity between female officers and male officers that men tend to be on the police force for different reasons than women and women tend to be in the police force for more benevolent reasons um, like serving their community and uh, making a better place they also tend to discharge their firearms less often and prioritize nonviolent tactics so there's an article on quartz i saw that was suggesting that if you want to reduce police violence increase the amount of female officers or we could listen to the meme maker and convince all the compassionate women to quit the force and make sure that there's only racist white men yeah um so it's easier to abolish (laughs) (laughs) the fbi is investigating and has investigated um over the last couple decades white supremacist infiltration of law enforcement across the united states um it's something like the power of police forces and the military it's appealing to people who are racist and want to take power.
1: Yeah. And ju- just to be clear, when you're saying the FBI is investigating white supremacist infiltration into police forces, we're not talking about systemic white supremacy, like in the way that we all support systemic white supremacy through our actions. They're talking about like, people who have views similar to the KKK being in the police force. Yeah. Yeah. Like like just like dictionary definition, white supremacy, not academic definition, white supremacy.
0: Yeah. And when you, when you start connecting all the dots here, it starts getting um, really, really concerning because there's a systemic problem in the police forces that when there is abuse, it's often not reported. When it is reported the guy rarely loses his job over it. He'll often be paid for his time off on tax paradigm and also on tax paradigm if there's any settlement that's given to the victims of it that's from tax paradigm and then it's they're often repeat offenders because they're not fired so we're paying them to take a vacation because they fucking shot an unarmed black kid bringing him back to the forest to shoot another unarmed black kid paying the unarmed black kids parents money out of tax dollars, paying him to go on vacation again and bringing him back again. And we actually don't even know that all the times that he shot unarmed black kids for no reason are going to be reported by the people around him.
1: Yeah, like opposing police brutality, like just opposing the police in general is like super, super important because... Well, like I mentioned earlier that I'm not the kind of person who's good at physically forcing uh, large men to do things. Um, And that takes a certain kind of attitude and a certain amount of like an aggressive disposition. And just by definition, the police are going to attract aggressive people. It's going to attract people who are interested in being in confrontations, who are interested in throwing their power around, interested in carrying a gun, like people who are interested in those things, not all of them, but many of them, there's an edge to them. And the, the best idea of what police or what protectors of society should be doing would be to channel that energy in good directions but we we just know it's not always gonna go in good directions. so so there needs to be like accountability mechanisms what you're talking about they should probably actually just be
0: fired without pay forever yeah sometimes <laughs> in some cases put, in, put in jail yeah, yeah, yeah treated as a criminal because yeah, well because they are yeah yeah because if you murder someone for no reason that's murder yeah it doesn't yeah, matter what color your outfit is yeah no it, <laughs>
1: definitely definitely definitely
0: or if you stop a woman on the side of the road and you sexually assault her this is another like there are instances of police using their power to sexually assault women like sure yeah and and, and the because there's this feeling of a thing that we can perpetuate when you're talking about these criminal acts by police that the police is at war with the rest of the population, that police are under attack, that being a police officer is this dangerous job, we need to stick together. Or maybe like, oh, our police budget is going to be cut over this controversy. So even though that's a horrible thing to do to someone, and I'm totally aware it happened as a police chief, I'm going to try to figure out how to benefit my department as much as possible rather than benefiting the principles of justice. So there's so many moving parts here that create this perfect storm of you're giving a bunch of people guns and getting them to walk around and telling them they're important and they're allowed to shoot people. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that that causes trouble in itself. But th- there's a way, there's a sliver, there's a liberatory sliver within the concept of policing and co- community enforcement and, and social justice. Like, all justice is social justice. Justice is a social concept. And and police should be serving the principles of social justice. They police should,
1: should be social justice warriors.
0: They quite literally already are. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, definitely.
1: They In many just instances. at it. <laughs> right, exactly. Whatever, if, if we abolish the police and we introduce a new system, a new force to protect people from violence, no, no matter how we set that up, we're going to be putting weapons in the hands of aggressive people and saying, channel that aggression in the right way. Like that. that's <laughs> that's necessary. I, I, I really can't think of a way around that because people who have zero aggression are, don't want to do that. Like I don't want to carry a weapon and <laughs> and protect people like I, i'm I'm scared i don't want to do that i'm a coward uh so like it's it's just it's it's part and parcel with the job is that there's going to be this tyranny element and what we need to focus on is reining it in preventing it from ever becoming what it is now like i guess we can't prevent it from becoming what
0: it is now because it already is what we're it gonna is do now. all we can to stop what already happened <laughs>
1: But like, I'm just saying, I don't think this is a tension that's ever going to be fully resolved. And I think it's a bit of pejorative utopian thinking to think that like, oh, if we just abolish the police, like we'll have these perfect answers to create a new system to fix it. Like if we abolish the police, fine, and create a new system, fine, that's great. But we're still faced with all these same problems of how do we get aggressive people to protect us and not take advantage of it and not take advantage of people. And that's why I think talking about liberal reforms as much as people on the left, on the far left, hate talking about liberal reforms. Like what we're doing is finding out ways to limit and contain state sanctioned the the publicly sanctioned use of force against those who would disturb the peace F- finding out how to how to contain that and channel it in the right direction and and that is a useful project no matter what system we're doing it within whether it's in the new leftist not police patrol force or in the current system like finding out those regulations, those those barriers to put up is a useful project. And even patchworking the system that we currently have now, given that abolishing is, is a, a fantasy in the near future, is going to give us a lot of really useful information for how to set this up properly in the future.
0: And we could have changes in the existing system that are like I it I almost feel like it's mind killing, like it's disrupting my ability to think to think of it in terms of like, is it left or not? Or is it left enough? But like you can have reforms that are compassionate based on science, accountability and having an effective police force within the context of existing police forces that could translate in the long term to uh, values and social norms that would facilitate the transition away from a police force based system. Um, the two aren't in contradiction. They're, they're two steps of the same process, if it's done correctly. Yeah, it's revolution versus reformism and reforming to
1: fundamentally change a system in a revolutionary way as a possibility, something we've talked about a lot, and it applies here also.
0: Yeah, and the, our, our conclusion was, to give you the short version, it's a stupid dichotomy. We agree with Rosa Luxemburg. The two are, are one process that work together. Although I didn't know that Rosa Luxemburg thought that when we made that point. We just happened to be right the same way she was and then I later found out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I claim Rosa Luxemburg. <laughs> she Rosa's is a part of our, our
1: side. She, uh, she agrees with our us. Our ideological <laughs> legacy.
0: <laughs> we are
1: continuing her work uh, in this episode. So, so you're welcome. <laughs> what is this here you're handing sir. out
0: pamphlets sir sir what does this say sir
1: that's what i thought that's what i thought you're encouraging non-racist
0: officers to leave the police force is that what you want sir we're working hard uh every day to try to address the systemic problems in our police force you know me and him, are, we're some of the good guys, uh, and sir, you're, you're you're spreading this propaganda, sir. It's uh, it's not nuance, it's pushing our police force uh, to the far right, sir. Why don't you encourage the racists to leave, hey? That's what we're trying to do.
1: We're trying to get the racists out of the police force.
0: Sir, when you're spreading this type of message, it, 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 it you're creating a binary, sir. You're creating a binary that helps the far right to infiltrate police forces, sir, and you, you make police forces worse, sir.
1: And that is against the law. That's against are, the law. Cough them, hold them up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Stop, right, she, don't resist do not resist resist.
0: don't resist
1: don't resist put your arms behind your back put your arms behind your back now cuffs closed.
0: Uh, you have the right to remain silent. You're going to be taken to a detention facility. It's a rehabilitative facility. You will receive foot massages three times a day, it's sir. really nice, sir, because you're going to love it. You're going to learn about the history of policing, and uh, you're going to learn about the ups and downs, the complexities, the, the good and bad, and sir, you're going to have a nuanced perspective by the end of this, sir. Enjoy
1: the mud baths, sir. Enjoy the complimentary gift
0: baskets. Enjoy free HBO. Enjoy... The buffet is great, sir. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner buffet, sir. I I stop resisting buffets, sir.
1: You know, sometimes I wish that I would break the law just so I could go to the detention facilities, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's a shame I'm such a good person and I never do anything wrong.
0: Yeah, we work hard out there every day and uh, sometimes, you know, when I'm forcibly cuffing someone to send them to a paradise to learn more about the world so they can be better informed, I'm like, oh, it actually, I don't like... uh... Putting cuffs on someone, you know, it feels bad. But then I also understand that it's ultimately for a good cause. Huh? Because and at
1: least they're 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 fuzzy handcuffs. You know, there's like fuzzy not, pink handcuffs.
0: <laughs> fuzzy it's, pink handcuffs. They, <laughs> yeah, snug snug as a bug. These handcuffs, and they're, they like they you, c-
1: you can't struggle out of them. But at least they're re- really nice on the wrist. Soft, You're not going to cut your wrist.
0: Moisturizing. Up. Yeah, uh, your your <laughs> wrist will actually be slightly better afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, time for. (laughs) (laughs) And now we move to Canadian news. Canadian news. Canada. Canadian news. news. Home of the free
1: land of the brave. It's been a while since we did a news episode. So I'm sure Canada has lots of fun, exciting news to (laughs) to talk
0: about. (laughs) Yeah. Well, here's here's kind of a pivot point Uh, from the Globe and Mail. uh, Civil forfeiture opens a provincial cash grab. New report finds. Civil civil asset forfeiture is that what we're talking about? Yes, we are. F- fuck that. <laughs> so bad. So yeah, it. the the basic premise is that uh, the police, if you're accused of a crime, can take your possessions and not give them back, even if you're found innocent. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Uh, and like, this isn't a Canadian thing, but I just saw this video uh, recently and I can't remember what American city it was in, but they had recently bought devices to extend their ability to seize civil assets to what's on your credit card and debit card. Not just if you're carrying a bunch of cash around with you, which theoretically you're like, okay, if you have $10,000 on cash with you, maybe it's because you're a drug dealer. But th- these were like little devices that could swipe your credit card and your bank account and they could be like, like, why do you have $10,000 in your bank account? And if you don't have a good answer for that, then whoop, ours now. Uh, so it's just it's fucking terrifying. But sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, this. that's
0: crazy. So in criminal proceedings, the standard for guilt is proof beyond a reasonable doubt. Civil cases work on the lower balance of probabilities. This makes it easier to go after cash and other assets, especially where evidence for criminal charges, let alone conviction, is lacking. In one case, a man in Saskatchewan sold $60 worth of Oxycontin that he legally owned to go buy gas for his truck so he could go to work. Mm. The government took away his $7,000 truck. One Ontario couple saw their $400,000 12-unit apartment building seized because some renters were involved in illegal activities. The province argued they should have evicted the tenants. Alberta assumes that if police find $10,000 or more in cash during an investigation, the money was illegally required. British Columbia confiscates expensive cars. In one case, a $235,000 Ferrari, because it committed a traffic offense. (laughs) Whoa, really? Yeah. Oh my God. So the concept behind civil asset forfeiture is that this money will go to compensate victims, but in practice here in BC, uh, BC has seized forty-one million dollars over the last couple of years, but only paid out about one point five million. What happened to that other thirty-nine point five million? Do we know? Is that a rhetorical question? Or? It is. <laughs> presumably it went to the the
1: government i hope Uh, the police forces that's how i understand it in at least in america a lot of the time police forces basically run on civil (laughs) asset forfeitures because they're underfunded and they need the money in order to keep existing
0: it is an evil practice. It's some yeah. fucking Robin Hood shit. Some like
1: it's, it's the opposite of Robin Hood. It's yeah, the, sorry, the, I mean, the, the strong, bad guy from Robin yeah, Hood. Yeah, it's the strong <laughs> stealing from the weak. It's like it's like oh, it's not murder when a cop kills someone who's unarmed for no reason, and it's also not theft when they steal things from people for no reason. It's, it's the, it is. It is both of those things:
0: murder, <laughs> murder, and theft. So um yeah, fuck that. Moving on, in Canadian politics news, I want to do a little overview of stupid, sexy Trudeau's broken promises. Sure. Um, our, our prime minister. He's, he's just, not even
1: that sexy. Like, he's fine looking, but I don't know. Yeah. For a, he's not my type, to just be honest.
0: Fair enough. And <laughs> I, I wouldn't force you to, to be with him. <laughs> I, <laughs> and that's just me. That's my, even if I was a cop. You know, I right. wouldn't, I would be benevolent. I could force you to be with him, but I wouldn't. <laughs> you have to be with him. <laughs> okay. So, uh, the, the, Get
1: in the back. We're driving you to, to, to Ottawa to be with Trudeau. <laughs> it's your and, punishment.
0: And you're going to find him hot. Um, <laughs> so we, we've we got a lot of international media coverage over old Trudy and what a beautiful angel he is and how he's such a perfect, progressive, beautiful angel. Yeah, summary well, of all our values
1: <laughs> when uh Trump did the travel ban he said they can come to Canada and everyone was like ah Aw, so great look at how great Canada
0: is i want to fuck him <laughs> Um, <laughs> uh, okay, so there's three key promises that I want to outline here. Um, two are definitely broken. And one, he's got an opportunity to not break, but I'm very, very pessimistic. Um, the first is electoral reform, which it, you know they promised it'd be the last first past the post election. They've now fully backed off from that, saying that by, by having a fair electoral system, a proportional system, as was decided on by the working group that was bipartisan between all the different parties, and also based on expert consultation and consultation with with the public. And even in their consultation with the public, where they slanted the deck towards the systems that they wanted away from proportional representation, people still overwhelmingly wanted one vote to count the same as everyone else's vote. Mm. They've backed down saying that this will create political instability, uh, smaller parties, and allow extreme voices like Donald Trump to have their own Parties, which is fucking ridiculous, because if you if you look at America and how Donald Trump rose to power, it, was, it wasn't because
1: they have so many smaller parties competing. And yeah, no, he, it's because they only have two major parties, and he seized control of one of them. So, like, it, actually having a bunch of smaller parties might be more beneficial for preventing Donald Trump or anyone from having ultimate power like that
0: yeah and and we're on the precipice of that happening in canada as well we've got several uh pseudo-fascist morons running for leader of the conservative party which is one of the two parties in in our country although we do have four uh no five represented parties with seats um forgot about the greens good job elizabeth may on your one your one seat (laughs) i didn't mean to diminish it but it's just one the conservative Party is one of Two parties that goes back and forth and forming government and it seems that we're going to potentially have a Trump moment as well because precisely fucking pretty boy didn't uh, reform the goddamn electoral system like he explicitly promised (laughs) and campaigned on for months. The second broken promise is uh, improving relationships with the indigenous people of Canada. He vowed to have a nation-to-nation relationship. Let's see. uh, Cindy Blackstock, executive director of the First Nations Child and Family Caring Society of Canada, says, "...it's not just that they aren't meeting our promises." There was a legally I'm sorry for laughing. It's just awkward to imagine having such a horrific government that people think is good. Mm. This was a legally binding ruling where the Canadian government was found to be racially discriminating against 163,000 First Nations children. And they were ordered in court legally to stop, which they did not do. The Canadian Human Rights Tribunal has so far issued two non-compliance orders against the Canadian government. Um, I've also seen some people talking about this in uh, Parliament um, from the uh, the more left-wing party than the, the Liberals, the NDP, saying basically that the Canadian government is in fighting residential school victims in court. Now, residential schools were the uh, schools where Native children were systemically abused for decades and decades and it stopped i think only the last one closed in the early 90s or late 80s they're fighting them in court to not pay them out by using evidence like them not remembering which date precisely they were raped on that is literally that's literally used as mm-hmm. evidence in court that the person Jesus. was lying and they shouldn't be paid and we're spending more money to fight them in court than it would take to just pay them out so uh, good job trudeau yeah you're so handsome
1: Trudeau's our obama and so yeah we're gonna get our
0: trump in another few years god <laughs> yeah you're right um <laughs> <laughs> and third, the last broken promise from pretty boy trudeau i shouldn't call him pretty boy all the time that's like almost conservative uh <laughs> fucking asshole trudeau evil reactionary piece <laughs> of shit liar trudeau is legalizing marijuana strongly campaigned on legalizing marijuana I went door to door on election day, getting people to come out and vote, trying to encourage them to vote for the local NDP candidate against an incumbent Liberal who had some um, some you did? Even negative policies. You, weren't you running? Yeah, yourself? it was. I was running in a different riding, and oh, but I oh, also okay. Volu- okay. I volunteered okay. in a different riding on election day. Gotcha. I didn't even know you did that. I did. It was it was fun. It was interesting. And I would talk I talked to people at the door and these are people who had, you know, promised they're voting for us, strong supporters on election day. They're like, um, I, I think we just gotta go with the legal weed, man. Sorry, like legal weed. Like I know that was a deciding factor in a lot of people's votes, but it seems like we're not going to get legal weed before he is reelected. At this point, although it's it's been going back and forth. They've been promising, you know, spring is going to be announced. And I don't yeah, know. Yeah,
1: they said February originally. And the last time I looked, because um, I was like, oh, it's February now. They'd said spring. So it said that they're introducing the legislation. So from what I understand, they said they were... Still going ahead with that.
0: Yeah. And the, the I mean, uh, um, NDP um, MP Peter Julian uh, represents New Westminster. He's one of the candidates in the NDP leadership race right now. He, uh, you know, the NDP has been calling for immediate decriminalization. There's been thousands of people who've been arrested for uh possessing cannabis.
1: Yeah, Trudeau's even gone and been like the law is still the law. Like I've seen the headlines about that and he's just like you shouldn't do it even though we said we we're going to legalize it. Yeah, yeah, even though and it's being sold in storefronts in Vancouver and Toronto and across the country and other places like, <laughs> like openly.
0: <laughs> Tom uh I think it was Tom Mulcair, like the exiting leader of the NDP said it you know, it's too bad these kids can't use the liberal platform as a defense in court. Right. <laughs> but yeah. So Peter Julian introduced a, a decriminalization bill that would just say, you know, starting right now, we're going to not arrest people. Yeah. We're we're going to not send people to jail and give them criminal records, especially in the north where it tends to happen more. Apparently we got the bill right now. Let's just sign off on it. Trudeau. We'll get it done right now. Pass it right through. No problem. It's not going to fuck up your legalization plans, but it's also going to help uh, hundreds of thousands of people. And uh, the liberals didn't didn't pass that which pivots to my last point the NDP leadership race is uh, heating up I think there are three people on the race now there's Charlie Angus who's an MP from Ontario that I've been a fan of for a while he's argued for shortened copyright um, when I was involved in the pirate party so he he really won my heart then Uh, he's also got a great slogan which is got your back which I think could be Canada's feel the burn Mm. Um, got your back it's okay I got your back Aaron (laughs) thanks Um, So does Charlie. In your skepticism. Um, (laughs) Then also, yeah, Peter Julian, like I mentioned, strong advocate for decriminalization, among other issues. And then third is Guy Caron, who's a a Quebecois MP and economist who is arguing for basic income. Um, There's also... At least two people who are likely to get in in the next week, Uh, Jagmeet Singh, who is the deputy leader in Ontario, who is the first Turban Sikh to serve in the legislature there or the provincial parliament there. And also uh, Nikki Ashton is expected to announce this week. Uh, She ran for leadership last time. She's the daughter of a former MLA in Manitoba. She actually, there was a little controversy that she went down to the United States and volunteered for Bernie Sanders. Uh, while sitting as an MP. Um. (laughs) Nice. That sounds cool. Uh, I like her. I think I
1: want to vote for basic income guy based on like nothing. I know nothing about any of these people except for a few short Charlie Angus videos that you sent uh, to some group Facebook chats that we're both in that I watched. And other than that, I know nothing about any of them except what you just said right here
0: and basic income guy. Any French sounds, sounds nice to me. I, I, I like everyone so far. I'm on team Angus, but we'll see how it, shakes out Mm. because I'm whoever it's going to end up being. I think we're going to see some really strong progressive politics um, in the wake of Bernie Sanders and Trump and stuff. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. We,
1: we need our Bernie to lose to the Trump who's going to win the conservative leadership race who's happening right now, which is like that Kelly Leach woman and Kevin O'Leary. I I don't know any of the other people running.
0: Interestingly in the last federal election Stephen Harper tried to pull some Trump style divisive politics on a couple issues and it didn't work out for him so I think Canadians in general the only reason that we go back and forth between liberals liberals and conservatives is because we're split up among multiple parties it's more complex we more left-leaning than America Uh, excuse me, sir. You're driving pretty fast there. Uh, can I see your license and registration?
1: Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Here uh, got my badge also. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're a license police officer, sir. Oh, interesting. Interesting. So, uh, this, cop, huh? Yes. Yeah, just like you. Brothers brothers in arms. Uh, so this vehicle, actually, interestingly enough, I'm on duty so right yeah, now. So yeah, how'd you I mean, get
0: this car, sir? Um,
1: uh, you notice that it's not registered to me. It's registered yeah, to definitely not. someone else who ran a red light and who I think might smoke pot sometimes um so clearly okay. that means that I can take this vehicle it uh, now belongs to us to the police and we're going to you want to go for a joy ride with me in this uh,
0: vehicle um yeah okay. can you step out of the car sir uh hmm. hmm I'm just gonna ask you to step out of the car again sir okay. I just sir? I do respect we do need to us. have a word sir I respect myself can you so Step respect outside you? the car sir yeah you're under arrest. Mm. no. Uh, I don't think that you're under arrest. I think actually you're under arrest. You're under arrest, sir. Yeah. Uh, well, give, me, uh, mm. give me that hand. I don't want that a sneaky is... getting away hand. You're not putting those fuzzy pink handcuffs I am, on me. I am, sir. You know, that is theft. It, just because we're police officers doesn't mean that we can take people's possessions mm. with impunity. Well, because run a red light. Be, well, yeah, mm. he's accused of crime. Mm. He's accused of a very small minor infraction. Mmm. And you're going to be stealing, and that doesn't make any sense to steal a several hundred thousand dollar car from him and keep it. Mm. uh, That is still crime. That is still theft. And no matter the badge you have, uh, that is still uh, fucked up and wrong. And you are under arrest.
1: Well, I'm going to get to go to the the spa, right? The nice rehabilitation spa.
0: Yeah, yeah. We we are committed to uh, restorative justice. Um, uh, We understand that what would drive you to take someone's car. Uh, In such a way, uh, and call it a civil asset forfeiture, which is a fancy word for stealing from poor people. As a powerful person uh, is based on um, just, I guess, poor education and. um, Well, we we can we'll work it through. I think civil asset forfeiture
1: is good, and I think you're the one who's going to end up in jail. But I'm saying. Let's take this to the station. But fine, yeah, put let's me in handcuffs. Let's take it
0: to the impartial courts that settle internal disputes and make sure that there's no corruption on the police force. I would
1: say we should both wear handcuffs. But if you're going to drive, um, maybe you shouldn't. You
0: shouldn't have I Yeah. I'd, um, gentlemen's rules. Gentlemen's police rule says that whichever cop uh, arrests the other first gets it. So um, that would be the convention. And uh, you are under arrest. Okay. Okay. Let's go. Let's do this. And worst case scenario, you got a spa weekend ahead of you. Uh, best case scenario, uh, maybe it's right to steal if we're cops. I don't know. We'll find out. What's gonna do when they come for you? And, and finally, in other.
1: News and all the news in the world um, for the last three weeks. I'll hear all of it. Uh, <laughs> uh, newly elected Democratic National Committee Chair Tom Perez demanded an independent investigation into the Trump administration, his campaign's ties to Russia, what he called a uh, rigged election. This comes on the heels of leaked information that has been cast by many as a retaliatory move against the Trump administration by elements of the deep state, which showed that former national security adviser Michael Flynn had contacted Russian ambassadors in regards to easing sanctions during trump's election campaign forcing flynn's resignation and renewed questions about russian influence on usa politics Uh, just this morning attorney general jeff sessions has been called to resign by chuck schumer after it has been revealed that he too had contact with russia during the trump campaign contact that he did not disclose during his confirmation hearings that he lied about during his confirmation hearings paul ryan has also said that sessions should recuse himself of overseeing any investigations on the matter it's interesting to note that the united states office of the independent council which was a created in the wake of the nixon watergate scandal in order to hold executive branch accountable Uh, And whose investigations led to the impeachment proceedings of Bill Clinton was terminated in 1999 amidst criticisms of overreach by politicians and would have had the authority to launch this investigation. As it stands now, the path to an independent investigation is much more murky with a Republican controlled House and Senate and uh may not come to pass over a hundred bomb threats have been called in to Jewish community centers and schools around America since January uh, The threats have come in waves of about fifteen to thirty calls on day on individual days January ninth eighteenth february twenty twenty seventh Uh, While no explosives have been found, patrons of the community centers and schools say that there is a new sense of uneasiness and danger creeping up in the Jewish community because of it. FBI sources believe that the calls may have all originated from one lone individual, as the call sources have all been masked by a routing service that makes it appear as though they are coming from around the world. This despicable act of psychological terrorism just goes to show how big of an impact one individual can have with a little effort and determination.
0: Never doubt that a small group of committed people can change the world. Indeed, it's the only thing that ever has. Um, But... yeah, uh, bomb threats against uh, Jewish people is pretty a uh, horrible thing to do.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Um
0: the despicable act of psychological terrorism. Just ending on that ironic note of like, well, look, one person too. Um
1: <laughs> well, like it's, it it's also because like I just feel like this um in a weird way, this political season in America has really um removed a lot of my cynicism about what's possible uh, just because Trump seems so impossible and became possible. So, a lot of the things that I would like to happen um, seem much more possible. And just, it, it struck me as such a funny idea when I got to the article saying that the a quote from an FBI person saying, hey, maybe this was all the same person. This is a theory. They don't know. They don't know who's behind any of this. It makes sense to me that it would be one person or a small group of people because, why would there just be this rash of anti-Jew, like it just, if it's coming from one, it's a concerted effort from a small group, it makes a lot of sense. And they're getting all these headlines They're They've created a culture of fear within all these Jewish communities, like around the country, like it's awful, it's despicable, it's the worst thing,
0: But but it's in another sense,
1: an amazing achievement by a small group of people.
0: I mean, <laughs> I think it's probably easier to create a culture of fear than a culture of hope. Right, like right. You, you, right. you, you like, can't yeah, call an utopia it hopeful. threats. A <laughs> whole no group of people. Calls. Yeah, we've been we've been calling um, we've been calling synagogues and promising them world peace is right around the corner and, like and getting headlines, <laughs> telling
1: off. them that we appreciate having them in the community and we
0: love them and and that's great. Um, we want a, a wonderful mosaic of all the world religions coming together, and and we're just so appreciative to have so many synagogues in the country. And that's why we're <laughs> calling by and it's like, I'm going to the news with this. We're creating a culture of hope. No, but I'm just like, if someone was to do that, to make
1: hundreds of calls to different Jewish community centers around the country with a message of hope, um, you're, you're right. It probably wouldn't make as many waves, but it would still be a nice thing. And it would be, uh, it would make positive effects on the world. And,
0: True. Um, Is it such a, I noticed this too, with like, we had the, uh, we had, I mean, it's not just one small group of people. There's a there's a network of a bunch of small groups of people that are still, I think, st- statistically quite small compared to the population. But they can get news headlines like nothing. You just put up a swastika in public, you got a news headline because it's so offensive and egregious and horrific. Mm-hmm. But then, if I want to put up a symbol that means utopia, means taking care of each other, means being a good person, being you know having radical decency that's never ever going to get a headline that's never ever going to be featured on the news like who are these there's people in our community that think we should be decent to each other like that that so there's like this perverse in the the media structure and i think we saw it with the trump election but and we'll we'll probably see it again going forward for the entire trump administration in various ways is the the media doesn't we the the, the media as amplifiers is are, are amplifying the wrong messages and are amplifying fear and hopelessness and division and, and all this stuff and it's not that we shouldn't be aware that this stuff is going on but the way in which it's being done seems to incentivize if if you're just a nihilist who wants to get attention and have an impact in the world throwing up fucking flyers around your community about how the, the racism against white people and we need to rise up or whatever like that's going to get news coverage if i throw up murray bookchin flyers in my neighborhood if i want there to be news coverage I got to throw a swastika on it so right, like that's right. not it's not. That's not good.
1: Yeah, I don't know the answer to that. To be honest,
0: uh, punching Nazis.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, that got coverage. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, the government of Malaysia has charged two women, uh, C T Aisha, twenty five, from Jakarta in Indonesia, and Duan T Huang, twenty eight, from the rural vi- village uh, from rural northern Vietnam, with the murder of. Kim Jong Nam, the estranged half-brother of Kim Jong Un, the North Korean leader, using a super toxic nerve agent, uh, rubbing it on his face with their hands uh, in February 13th or on February 13th. The two women claim to have been duped into committing the crime, believing originally that the assault was a prank for a reality TV show. Uh, Malaysian police are looking for North Korean diplomat, along with six other North Koreans, they say, who were involved in planning the murder. Um, If the two women are found guilty, they will be hanged. Uh, Speculation abounds uh, that the order to kill Kim Jong-nam came directly from his half-brother, the North Korean dictator of whom he had been openly critical in the past, which makes you think that as bad as Donald Trump is, at least he's not paying unwitting young women to rub super toxic nerve agent in the faces of his enemies. Uh,
0: <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's, is, small, I mean,
1: small blessings, small blessings.
0: Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's uh,
1: America's bad right now. There's a lot to be wrong, but I it's not wish... North Korea. It's better than North
0: Korea. I wish, it's, yeah, <laughs> I wish that the audience could just see the look of disgust on my face instead of me having to find a way to say it in words. Hmm. <laughs> I,
1: you know, I'm, I'm really glad that we're not in North Korea. And it's like yeah, I feel no, so, I... I feel so bad for these two women. Like if they really were just duped, <laughs> because I imagine they were like young women uh, assassins. I don't know what. Yeah, that.
0: unwitting assassins, unwitting assassins is interesting territory.
1: Yeah, especially the reality TV show angle. Like, this is a prank show. Like, just rub this stuff on his face, and it'll be funny, and he'll it'll smell bad, or something. I don't know what the prank they thought the prank was, but like something like that. And they're like, oh, ha ha ha, hidden camera. Oh shit, he <laughs> sees dead within twenty minutes of us rubbing this thing on our face, and uh- we're also sick and fucked up because this toxic nerve agent
0: is on our hands. That's not my idea of a fun weekend, I'll say that. Oh, man. Killing Kim Jong-un's half-brother? No, no, definitely not. Don't pencil me in for that,
1: (laughs) because I'm busy that day. The eastern Ukrainian city of Donetsk since 2014 has been in the hands of pro-Russian separatists who have declared it a separate republic, the uh, Donetsk Donetsk, People's Republic, or the DPR. Uh in a military conflict that has claimed the lives of more than 10,000 people since that time. The DPR receives humanitarian and military backing from Russia while the Ukraine has declared it a terrorist organization. In the latest scuffle, 200,000 phone users in the city were cut off from the rest of Ukraine by the DPR in protest of the Ukrainian government rail blockade that has halted coal shipments into the rebel territory. They've been taking control of various uh, companies and industries in the area, and the move highlights disruptions between areas that still have close economic ties obviously because they're part of the same country technically uh in this new age of russian expansionism
0: like what's kind of their their ideology here like what's uh, are they more the nationalist or, or yeah i'm
1: i don't know i don't know much more than what i just read i didn't even know this was going on and so when i saw like oh holy shit there's like i knew that the crimea thing had happened that uh russia had had annexed crimea um which was part of the Ukraine, but I didn't know that they were offering military backing to separatists who have taken over a city in the Ukraine. Like, I just didn't know this was going on. And it's been going on since 2014. So um, when I saw the little article about the, the, the phone users being
0: cut off, I was like, oh, holy shit, this whole thing is happening and i had no idea i never heard of this either (laughs) i'm just looking on um wikipedia it looks like they've got several political parties within the region including a communist party but the communist party didn't get on the ballot because they uh made too many mistakes on their uh documents
1: oh and this is in the dpr the like running for right 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 yeah the world is more complicated than one can even imagine in lighter news, Elon Musk's company SpaceX has announced that it will be taking two private clients on a trip around the moon in 2018. <laughs> <laughs> around the moon, going around the moon. The prospective passengers approached the company with the idea. Musk said that uh, they are very serious about it and have made a significant deposit. The trip around the moon will take one week. Uh, we'll skim the surface of the moon, go further out into deep space, and then loop back to Earth. A distance of around three hundred thousand to four hundred thousand miles. Uh, The two wealthy clients apparently know each other, harbor dreams of space travel, and are not naive to the risks, and are nobody from Hollywood. That's what we know about them, but it's a secret who they they actually are. I personally hope that a lot of rich people will take these initial dangerous trips out into space and kind of iron out all the kinks. And then once it's a safe, well-traveled path, then... When I'm much older, probably I can go around the moon too. But take I don't a trip I don't, around <laughs> the moon. Trip
0: around the moon. It's such a, like I don't have a fanciful thing to go around the moon. Um, this is just a good time to remind our listeners that we do accept donations. If you could send money our way for our trip <laughs> around the moon, uh, <laughs> we promise to yeah. save it until it's affordable, and then use that money to take a trip around the moon. <laughs> um.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I think that's, that's great. Um, I I was just trying to get a positive spin on this idea that rich people get to do these things when we can't. Um, and then it's like,
0: oh, well, I don't want to do it right now anyway. It's new and dangerous. And Yeah, as far as like, I'd be more upset about the um, uh, having housing security. and <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. like how
1: rich people get housing security and we don't. And yeah, like, yeah, stuff right. like
0: that. Uh, a little
1: the, more important than the trip. around the, trip the moon. But
0: the trip around the moon, let them have it. <laughs> I'm all for it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Especially because like, I don't know, it's just like the first one, I I don't want to be the first fucking private person to go on a trip around the moon. Fuck no.
0: Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean I don't want to take a trip around the moon someday. Yeah, no, no. (laughs) I just want it to be like normal. I want a
1: lot of people to have done it first. I'm just going to skip some of these things and just go to the last article I had. Very important story. More than 30 bald men gathered at a hot spring facility in Suruta City, Japan, to hold competitions among themselves and celebrate their baldness. Members took turns in a unique game of tug of war, where the two men would attach suction cups to their bald heads tied together with a string, and each would attempt to use the string to pull the suction cup off the head of the others, a kind of tug of war, um, Masatomo Sasaki, 64, a first-time participant in the tournament, said that this was the first time in his life that he had ever felt proud to be bald. Tijiro Sugo, 70, the club's chairman, said that he has plans to expand and that he wants all bald men all over the world to gather here so that we can organize a bald men's Olympic tournament. So that's just a great human interest story of... of... (laughs) people coming together to celebrate their baldness
0: that's, that's great it reminds me of um larry david on on curb your enthusiasm there's like a i can't remember if it was like an in joke for one season or something of like or just like one episode or something of like him <laughs> seeing other bald guys and having like a bald guy moment of like right, hey right. you're bald i'm bald <laughs> hey that's pretty um the- i haven't had any
1: bald guy mo- i mean i get like it's it's not fully bald yet, but it's yeah, definitely I'm bald on the blind. Way. I
0: don't even notice you're bald. <laughs> bald blind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, my hairs, my hairs and a bit. Seeing my dad's hair, I think I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna have hair on top, but it's, it's, it's not gonna be luscious and thick. Right,
1: right. Um, it'll be better than mine. my dad's. Yeah, total. So Total, just like Mr. Burns' ring on the sides.
0: No, no, no way. Well, maybe this this quote from Larry David I found might be <laughs> inspirational for you. I don't yeah, yeah, know. Thanks. I don't want to speak to your struggle. I, but and let me know if I cross any boundaries. Mm-hmm, sure. I'm not going to try to do Larry David's voice, although I'm really tempted to. Somebody asked me recently what I'm most proud of. That's easy. It'd be the way I've adjusted to baldness. I'm just a bald man who's way out there. No toupees, no hats, no beards. Just totally unvarnished, unabashed bald. One of the <laughs> one of the ever-increasing minority of bald men who have chosen to do nothing. When true bald men meet, they have an intimate connection. Bald men love other bald men. There's a bonding that takes place on some <laughs> deep level that you never get with anyone else. We've been through it. We live with it. We've read the surveys, the ones in which 75% women say they would not date a bald man. Think of it. That's why when a bald guy gets the girl... We know they got a woman of substance, which is not to say that the typical bald man has any substance. The average bald man, for example, has the same superficial standards for women as the guy with hair. That's why we have a little more going for us than the hair man. We have to dress a little better, make a little more money and have a little more charm just to compete. And we do. Have a conversation with the bald man sometime. Go ahead. Do yourself a favor. Tell me you won't. Tell me you don't walk away impressed. (laughs) That your day was not made a little richer by the virtue of the fact that you were in a bald's presence. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't even have to. Like, I know you feel
1: that way. You say it to me after every episode. (laughs) Wow. Great. Great bald I feel enriched by
0: the presence of a bald. (laughs) Oh, sorry. There's a little more. The bald man who doesn't make the effort to compensate for his baldness is in trouble. The last thing the bald man needs is to get lazy. A lazy bald man is done. (laughs) <laughs> show me a lazy bald man and I'll show you a miserable bald man. The lazy bald man who needs to sh- who needs a shave and goes out in sweatpants and a t-shirt might as well hang it up. That's not how we compete in the hair world. I say to the lazy bald man that he's making it harder for the rest of us.
1: I wonder how many bald men become police in order to compensate for their baldness.
0: <laughs> oh, fuck, I love Larry David. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn. Bad Sir, sir, can you slow down, sir? I, yeah, I yeah, want to talk to you. Yeah. What's going on? Uh, first of all, sir, I want to... Here, I'll just take off my hat. I am also a bald man. Oh, bald. Bald, recognized bald. Bald, hey. recognized Ooh. bald. Yeah. <sighs> Pound it. We'll do a tug of war sometime. I, I got my sh- suction cups in, in the police car. Should I get them?
1: Uh, I'm actually uh, kind of in a rush right now. I'm heading... Uh, coincidentally, I'm going on a trip around the moon. <laughs> oh, that is
0: so great, sir. Have you, um, ever, you ever been on a trip people, around the moon? I haven't uh, I haven't yet been on a trip around the moon. All bald men should do it. I mean everyone should do it, but all bald, bald men should. Bald men do. especially. Yeah. yeah. Well, mm-hmm. bald bald bald. Well, I just want to compliment you're not wearing a hat, a toupee. No, I'm proud. proud not of even my bald. you don't even the beard, you're the full the full thing. Yeah, the
1: just f- totally hairless. My whole body too. You're
0: <laughs> I mean, fully committed to it you, and and you, you kept the hair on the sides. You didn't shave it off into uh, a Bruce Willis. You 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 really are embracing the hairline and I think it's beautiful. You're a beautiful bald man. And if I can pay for Thank your trip you. around the moon today, I'd be willing to. Because I'm paid fairly. It's, uh, As a police officer, I put my life on the line, and I am paid fairly. It's uh, it's a couple million
1: dollars, actually. To be honest, this is um, Elon Musk. It's it's a new thing. It's not a lot of people can do it. I'm I'm a, a rich bald man. I'm, I became rich in order to compensate for my baldness. Well, you so, gotta. Yeah. Oh, if you're not, I think you're you're hurting us all. <laughs> nothing worse than a lazy bald man oh yeah bringing us all down
0: don't you don't have to tell me well um you know what what are you doing this afternoon you want to come with me you want to go around the moon around the moon how long does that take like how many weeks uh about a week you can take that time off work i could see myself doing that you know i'll talk to my uh my supervisor he's also bald so it shouldn't be a problem we could do the first suction cup tug of war bald men in space bald around the moon bald around the moon (laughs) What you do when they come for you? Did I mention that the police have a much larger domestic abuse problem than the general population? Mm, I think you did, yeah. About 40% of police households have domestic abuse. Uh, oh, no, incidents. no, you mentioned
1: that before, actually, I think, before we recorded, so good good to mention now. Um, yeah, that's what I was saying. Like, These aggressive, aggressive people. Um, well,
0: it's high testosterone, right? Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, that's yeah, one thing that's without fail going to <laughs> make you more aggressive higher testosterone or not without fail but um statistically is what and
0: i it, meant it's also a contributor to baldness i mean
1: oh oh yeah 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 right yeah so bald men more testosterone good
0: providers Maybe a little too aggressive, beat their wives too much. I'm not going to beat anyone. I'm sorry. I'm not saying that bald people beat their wives. I'm saying police officers beat their wives in (laughs) this. Not all of them either, just four out of 10. I wonder if bald men are overrepresented in police departments. That'd be an interesting survey. I'd be willing to fund if someone would would send us a little cash. (laughs) Yeah, so this is the great things that we would do with the money
1: that you would send us if you did.
0: Um, I found uh, an interesting thing about policing. Apparently around the time that police were introduced in London, there was a lot of, it was a lot of controversy over it. People thought it might be a bad idea. Um, and what did so, they have before that? Just nothing? Yeah, I'm not sure if it was um, like community managed or, or what. But apparently, yeah. here, let's see, I had the exact date.
1: And say I'm just like brainwashed, but I'm like, how could there not be police? Like, <laughs> you like, I, it just sounds so crazy to me to not have at least something. I'm sure there was something.
0: I don't know. In in early 19th century Britain, it was the actual police act was introduced in 1829. There would have been like local sheriffs department or sheriffs departments.
1: So it sounds like an American thing. I think. I'll just admit I
0: don't know, but yeah, here's course, something I do you know.
1: <laughs> no, I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean like. <laughs> You just got this factoid, and I'm like, "What's all this surrounding information?" It's like, of course, of course, you don't have it.
0: (laughs) It's silly to expect it. Um, Um, So there were um, general instructions given to new police officers when the police department was set up in 1829. Um, They're called um, Peelian principles after Sir Robert Peel, who invented them. But uh, the the basic premise is policing by consent. You know, you want the people in the area to support you being uh, enforcing laws. Yeah, um, no, definitely. So I'll, I'll try to give the, the the quick version of them. The first is prevent crime and disorder. Recognize always that the power of police to fulfill their functions and duties is dependent on public approval of their existence, actions, and behavior. To secure and maintain the respect and approval of the public means securing the willing cooperation of the public. So the happier people are to participate with you, the, the less you have to use force. Hmm. To seek and preserve public favor by constantly demonstrating absolutely impartial service to law, exercising courtesy and good humor, and offering individual sacrifice to preserve and protect life. Use physical force only when the exercise of persuasion, advice, and warning is found to be insufficient to obtain public cooperation and secure the observance of Law and order. A relationship with the public that gives reality to the historic tradition that police are members of the public and vice versa. But the police are members of the public who give full time attention to duties that everyone has to maintain law and order and peace. And finally, to recognize that the test of police efficiency is the absence of crime and disorder. I mean, this is from the 1800s. It's not perfectly applies to today, but I thought it was interesting that because it was like this common sense type of stuff that seems to have been lost in modern policing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it speaks to what I was
1: trying to say that
0: this is kind of
1: an eternal tension. I think that there's going to be the the benevolent element of law enforcement and the tyrannical element of law enforcement and you always want to be pushing in the direction of the benevolent element. You want to be containing and preventing the tyrannical element from ever getting a real foothold. We've, failed in that uh duty as public citizens in, in western countries right now the tyrannical element has gained a hold we need to push back against it we need to uh reform the police in major ways and yeah that's just needs to happen but encouraging all the good people to leave the police force isn't gonna make that happen certainly will not certainly will not all right well thank you all so much So, so much. So, 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 so much for listening. (laughs) Go to our website, seriouslywrong.com, S-R-S-L-Y-W-R-O-N-G.com. There's a contact form there. You can ask us questions. Leave us a voice message. We will probably answer it. We love answering it. Uh <laughs> we love getting messages from you. We love getting donations from you. We have a Patreon. Uh there's some bonus content there. We don't update it maybe as much as we should, but there is some bonus content there and we love love your money. We love love your messages. We love love it when you share. We love love it when you listen and we love love
0: you. It's true. We love it. And I I forgot to mention something really important about the whole police debate and everything, which is that as long as there are unjust laws, as long as there are things that are criminal that shouldn't be criminal, we are putting police in danger. We're putting police families in danger. These these aren't left-wing principles and we cannot get alienated from the The premise of you know interacting with reality. If we want to protect cops, we should decriminalize most crimes. We should invest heavily in mental health care, and we should uh, also be looking to create um, unarmed mediation teams uh, and community policing, community observances. Having the duties of everyone in a community be to take care of that community so please if you are in if you like cops or you don't like cops this is something i think we really can agree on which is unjust laws put people's lives in danger and they need to be abolished a lot of things that are criminal shouldn't be and the police shouldn't have the right to take your ferrari Mm, yeah no definitely thank you for listening
1: (laughs) thanks see you soon
0: cuties someone please tell me what to think someone please
1: Next time on Seriously Wrong, Sean and Aaron get really mad at people for messaging them without asking first.
0: Can you just, if you're going to private message us or call our hotline or something, can you ask us first? We don't expect or want unsolicited uh, comments.
1: (laughs) Everyone knows that on Facebook, you always ask someone first in public before messaging them. That's just how it works. And so we expect the same on all correspondence
0: and don't private message us at 11 o'clock at night reasonable people are trying to go to bed then (laughs) and if you private message us we have no
1: choice but to read it and respond there's
0: (laughs) hello i'm trying to go to bed here but i have to keep on responding to these dang private messages and uh, feedback of podcast listeners Mm. but you know Mm. can you please not send me an email at 2 a.m my phone wakes me up next week next week thank you What you want what, what you, you want to do, do But you to do it come for you, come for you. <laughs> Bad boys bad boys bad bad boys